Blog Talk Radio. edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show, and you know it's your host, Neek, and my man, Mr. C, and you know, America, it is a little chilly right now, because I'm in Texas, Mr. C's out there, and in beautiful California, I'm going to get to you in a minute on that report out there, but I know right here in Texas, it's a little too nipsy Russell right now, and whew, it's chilly outside, man, it's about, I think it's about 45 degrees with them little strong winds coming in, I don't know if they're coming in from the east or the north, but it's a little nipsy rustle over here, man, and, and I've been talking to some friends in Nebraska and back home in Ohio, because we originally from Ohio, and they're saying, it's cold, it's cold, so I don't know what the report is out there in L.A., but let's get that weather report out in L.A., man, how's it going out there, brother? Oh, well, Nick, you know, nipples are standing tall out here, too, because it's, uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's cold, it's chilly out here, uh, unseasonably so. Um, but you know, it ain't gonna last long, at least in LA it don't last long. It's gonna it's gonna be a little chilly, a little chilly during the nighttime, a little chilly during the day, the wind blowing. Uh, but you know, it won't last that long. You know, climate change is real, no matter how many stupid people wanna deny it. But, you know, things are gonna pass and uh that summer heat will be here soon enough. Man, summer heat over there and over here, Texas, it does get cold, especially in Dallas, and it's chilly right now. Only gets a little chilly for a couple months, but it's so funny because, you know, we from Ohio, and and uh, it was about, what, a week and a half ago, it was like 55 degrees, and I'm seeing people walk around with gloves on and, and scarves on and beanies on their head. I'm looking like, y'all cold? And they're like, it's cold out here. It's freezing. I'm like, uh, yeah, this is like spring weather back in Ohio, but... Yeah, so um, I kind of understand them. I feel a little bit. I just it just takes a little bit while to get used to seeing people with uh, beanies and gloves on the fifty five degree weather. I hear you. Same thing out here. <laughs> All right, but on that note, tonight's show. There's a few things I want to get off my chest. A few things I want to talk about, and you know, first off, we're going to talk about this Jeff Fisher contract extension, which is I call some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to touch on uh, my man Willie Taggart. I'm gonna to touch on him in a little bit, and I also want to give a special uh, shout out, a little quick tribute to one of the best running backs ever come out of the University of Colorado, Rashawn Salam. Man, rest in peace. But anyway, let's kick off tonight's show before we get into this upcoming week's games and everything. But Chuck, I know you're in LA, man, and football is back in in uh, California and LA and and it's supposed to be the show, you know. You guys, is, L.A. is like the show. It's Hollywood, you know. But when you look at this Los Angeles Rams football team, I'm trying to figure out what direction is this team going? Or do they really want to be a Hollywood show? 
or they want to be a, a what do I want to call it, amateur show or what? I mean, I can't think of the, the analogy, whatever I come up with, because I know you're going to, you better than I am, and I know you're going to drop it down for me. But my thing is, man, LA Rams are struggling this year. They're 4-8 right now. And they have a coach by the name of Jeff Fisher. And we already know Jeff Fisher, man, he's been in the league for years. You know, he was with the Houston Oilers and before they moved to Tennessee. And, you know, his record with them was 142 wins and 120 losses. And that was in the 16, uh, yeah, 16 seasons he was with with, uh, the um, Oilers and the Texans. I mean, not the Texans, but the Titans. But 142 victories and 120 losses, that's a lot of losses. And he's only had one Super Bowl appearance, okay? So his winning percentage is a bit, you know, above, you know, it's 542. I mean, you know, it's not great. It's decent, you know, a little bit, barely above average. But here's the thing with the Rams. So he took over the Rams head coaching position in 2012. And he led the Rams to a 7-9 um, season. Uh, 2013, 7-9. 2014, 6-10. 2015, 7-9. And, and right now, <laughs> the Rams are 4-8. And, and since he's been the head coach of the Rams, no playoffs. So, after breaking that down, you sit here and say, wow, man, he's, it's been pretty much a commitment to mediocrity and a commitment to losing, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what many fans would think. But for some reason, this organization decides to give Coach Fisher a contract extension. You want to give this man a contract extension, man. You really want to do this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just, I, I'm at loss for words. I don't understand what the hell this organization is doing. I mean, seriously, why in the hell is Jeff Fisher still have an NFL coaching job in the NFL? I don't get it. And why in the hell is his ass with a losing record and the Rams been terrible? You watch them on the field. I mean, it's so sad. They're just ruining Todd Gurley's career. I mean, they only giving him like 10, 11 carries a game. Last week, only had 11 carries against the Patriots. And you know to beat the Patriots, you got to pound that football and keep Tom Brady off the field. But you only give him 11 carries. Then on top of that, you give all this money. You pay Tavon Austin like he's the number one wide receiver. You give him a boatload of money. And then you're going to wait until the middle of the season, almost pretty much when the season's almost over with, to go ahead and put the number one pick in there, Jared Goff. So you think you're going to win with Casey Keenum. Come on, man. So my thing is, Chuck, what in the hell is going on with the Los Angeles Rams? You know what? I couldn't tell you. I, I, I honestly don't have no idea. But whatever's going on, uh, it, it's obviously the owner is comfortable with Jeff Fisher. I mean, that's that's his guy. That's the guy he wants. And one of the benefits of being the owner, that you can do what you want, despite what the fans think, despite what the media says, despite what anybody else thinks or, you know, or, or, or says, because, you know, I've gone through this as a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I mean, we have had the worst owner in professional sports for, you know, most of my life. Before that it was Paul Brown, his father. I'm talking about Mike Brown. Um, and Paul Brown, he's, he's basically the, the inventor of professional football. He's the creator. he, invented uh it's so many things i can't even go on the list i mean this is this is turning into the paul brown show but his son total opposite football genius of what his father was i mean he's the worst owner in sports we went through the 90s went through the early 2000s and then along came marvin lewis and they changed things for the better now i know cincinnati fans they want to get rid of marvin lewis now 
but you got to see what Marvin Lewis did for the franchise and the relationship he has with the owner. And that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to the Rams is that the owner really, 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 really likes Jeff Fisher or Jeff Fisher really, 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 really has some scandalous photos, emails, texts or something with the owner where he blackmailing the hell out of them. But, you know, that's the common conspiracy. That's the funny thing to say. I doubt that's really what's going on. I believe what was really going on is that this the, the owner, he loves Jeff Fisher. He thinks Jeff Fisher can turn it around. And Jeff Fisher doesn't need anybody else to believe in him except for the owner. And apparently the owner believes in him. That's how he still has a job. Mm. All right, man. I, I just... Yeah, it's just mind-boggling, man. I mean, you know, because I mean, I mean people it can, it talk- can be, it could be mind-boggling, but it, it's the owner. It's up to him. Yeah, I know. Like, you I know, know, he, I mean, it, it, then what are you going to go in? Like, okay, so I'm the owner of the Rams, Nate. Come in here and convince me why. Oh, well, you, you laid out a, you laid out a good argument for why he should get rid of the Rams. But if I'm the owner and say, okay, what you're saying is making sense, but I think we are right around the corner. I think we are a year away. If I if I get rid of Jeff Fisher, most of my coordinators and all these other guys who I like having in my building are going to go, are going to be gone, and I'm going to be starting from zero with somebody I barely know. I'm about to go into the trenches. I'm about to turn over the keys to my house, to my Mercedes, to everything, to this guy I barely know. And I know Fisher very well. I trust him. I think he's a great human being. Uh, he's doing his best. Uh, and I think we're a year away. So why would I usher him out the door to bring in a total, not a total stranger, pretty much a total stranger. You know, a guy that I'm going to interview uh, two or three times, they'll be like, okay, yeah, come in here and take over my baby. You know, babysit babysit my, my baby. And uh, let's see where we go. So I'm not saying that's right or wrong, I'm just saying that might be the thought of why he's keeping the guy around. And yes, as fans, we have the luxury of saying, oh, yeah, fire fire this dude. Yeah, get him out of there. Oh, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. They didn't make the playoffs. Get him out of there. But, you know, as fans, sometimes you got to step out and be like, okay, these are human beings yeah, at the same time. And the owner and Jeff Fisher probably has a very good relationship. And it's not as easy as us fans think it is to just kick somebody, you know, kick somebody to the curb, you know. So, like I said, it all comes down to the owner, man. And, you know, hey, it's on him. If I was the owner of if I was the owner of the Rams, I would definitely be looking somewhere else right now. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of great coordinators out there um, who I would give a chance. I mean, one guy is your boy for the for New England Patriots offensive coordinator. What's his name? Um, my boy um, went to school. Um, no, no, no. Is for it, the Patriots no. offensive coordinator? Yeah, that was I'm the talking about uh, McDaniels. That was McDaniels. The, yeah, McDaniels, who who took over the Broncos. You know what? I would I would give him a chance. I would give him another chance, especially with the talent we have um, on the St. Louis Rams team. But you know what? I'm not an owner. I'm not in that position. I mean, I don't know McDaniels. He might be a total jerk, which, you know what? 
for me as an owner, I might be able to live with that if he puts a winning product on the field, or maybe I want a guy I'm comfortable with shaking his hand, you know, shaking his hand, looking him in the eyes every day as he coming as he comes into my facility, uh, and takes care of my baby, you know. So it's 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 all on the shoulders of the owner, uh, and he's the one that has to live with it. He has to live right. with it. His team has to live with it. His fans have to live with it. So, you know, I'm not like I said. I'm not saying well, he's doing this right. I wouldn't do it, but we do have to take that step back and and think about it a little bit. You know, it's, it's more than just these conspiracy theories. I even heard Eric Dickerson said that uh, on you know one of those one of those national shows. He was like, oh, he must have some pictures of uh, uh, the owner or something. <laughs> yeah, that's the right. easy, that's the, that's the easy and funny thing to say, you know, for ratings and all that other stuff, but most likely that's not true. So, yeah. you know, as being as being a scholar, I got to throw that nerdy shit out there for y'all and the realistic shit. And that's what I did. So, we'll see. He'll be back next year and everybody in the off season, everybody's 0 and 0, everybody's a Super Bowl contender except for the Browns. All right. And on that note, my bottom line is this. This is how I feel about Jeff Fisher. He need to get dropped off. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. All right. Moving on. We got some sad news coming out the college football world, and that is, and also the NFL, um, ex-NFL running back, one of the best running backs to come out of uh, Colorado, University of Colorado. He's pretty much probably would say, I haven't looked into Colorado's history, football history, but from our time of living, since we've been on this earth, Chuck, I would probably say Rashawn Salam is probably the best running back to come out of that university. But, yeah, Rashawn Salam, son of former Bengals running back Teddy Washington. As a junior, he ran for a school record 2,055 yards, which led the Colorado Buffalo team to 11-1 and record. He also ran for a school record 362 yards against Texas. And we talking about this during the early 90s when when it was hard to run in those big-name schools because there's just so much talent out there. And uh, he won the Heisman Trophy. He beat out Steve McNair, Kajana Carter, and Kerry Collins. And later on, he was drafted by the Bears. And then during his rookie season in the NFL, he ran 4,074 yards and had 10 touchdowns as a rookie. And he played three years with the Bears, but due to injuries, fumbles, and and uh, marijuana usage, his career just didn't last long. And the sad note on that is that um, Rashawn passed away. Salam passed away uh, a couple of days ago. He was found dead in a Colorado park. So right now we don't know what the cause of death was, but, man, it's just a sad loss for the college football world. And I do got to give a shout-out, man, because I was talking to my boy Newsom, my boy Newsom, and I just got to give a shout-out to him because he texted me and said, you know, I still have the Rashawn Salam jersey. And I said, excuse me? He said, <laughs> he said, yeah, I've got the Bears Rashawn Salam jersey. So I'm sitting thinking to myself, like, you didn't just go out and buy it. I'm sure you had it. This is retro. He said, yeah, I still have the Rashawn Salam Bears jersey. And I was thinking to myself, like, back in that day, you actually buy that jersey? Wow, that's that's pretty, um, yeah, like, yeah, big up to Newsom, man, for doing that. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and also, you know, uh, Curtis Enos, man, it's, it's sad. I don't want to do the history on the Bears running back, but, yeah, they drafted some great college running backs and, and um, you know, played in college, but just got to the NFL, careers just didn't pan out. But we can go on and on about that. But, yeah, rest in peace, Rashawn Salam. Chuck, you want to add anything on him, man? 
No, nah, you did a great job. You did a great tribute to the man. Um, you know, you know, hey, it's nothing more I can add, man. Sad situation. All right. Lastly, before we get into this week's game, I just got to talk about, man, my boy Willie Taggart, the former University of South Florida head football coach. Now, I got up this morning, I seen the news, came to my phone, and and uh, you know, and it said Willie Taggart is the new Oregon Ducks head football coach. And then when I was reading, doing some more research about it, I seen a lot of Oregon Ducks fans are just mad, pissed, and they're saying, "Who is this black guy? Who is this guy? I mean, who is this unknown black coach? Why we gotta get somebody like him?" Listen here, Oregon Ducks fans, you need to calm your ass down because I'm gonna put it like this, man. Willie Taggart is a great coach. I mean, he led South Florida to a 10-2 and record. Do you understand that? It is hard to get. He's competing against recruits from University of Florida, the U, and Florida State. So do you understand how hard it is to get recruits to go to the University of South Florida? And this team was 10-2. and They hung with Florida State for majority of that game. The score got a hand towards the end because they had some turnovers and stuff like that. But they hung with Florida State. They always played Florida State tough. And you want to talk about who is this unknown man? Look what you guys just had in Oregon. Mark Helford, he didn't do nothing for y'all. Y'all had one of the worst teams in the history of y'all program ever since Chip Kelly left. You guys thought you had the savior. You thought he was going to come in and do his thing. But he struggled and couldn't get the job done. But I'm going to tell you like this, Taggart is a hard-nosed coach. He's going to bring some physicality to that defense because I know the offense is set. They always got a great offense. But that defense has been slacking, has been lacking the last few years, been lacking toughness, and, and he's going to get some recruits there. Trust me. Taggart is a hard-nosed coach. I love this guy. He's 40 years old, young guy, and he's going to get the job done. I'm going to tell you like this, Oregon Ducks fans, be patient. you got a great coach who's coming there. He's going to turn that program around, get you guys back on the winning track. So just relax. Just relax. That's all I'm going to say that. It sounds like to me that the Oregon Oregon fans don't deserve don't deserve this coach. You know, <laughs> I think they, they don't know who this guy is. They, it sounds like they don't deserve their coach. But you know, sometimes you know people uh, it's, it's better be lucky than you know. But, be but you know what it is, Chuck. You know what it is, man. It is is that there was the rumors that Chip Kelly might be leaving San Francisco, but Chip Kelly said he's coming back to the Niners next year. So these Ducks fans were still hoping that Chip Kelly would come back. Also, on top of that, they were thinking for a secondary that Tom Herman might jump ship from Houston and go there, but we already know Tom Herman is, you know, the Texas head coach. And then there was also thinking that Les Miles might go to Oregon. So no, 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 no. You guys just need to chill out. And let Willie Tiger come on in there and do his thing because you guys got a great young coach. Trust me. When a few years from now, when Oregon's back to being dominant like they were before, you guys gonna sit there and say, "All right, Nick, man, I gotta give you props, man. You knew what you was talking about on that." So, bottom line, just be patient, man. Tiger's on his way, and he's gonna get you guys back on the winning track. All right. Let's move into this week's games, man. We got some great games, man. And tomorrow night, you guys know I'm a diehard Giants and Raiders fan. And I'm going to tell you like this, man. This Thursday night football game is might be, I'm not going to say it's the game of the year, but it's it's the marquee matchup of this week. You have the 10-2 and Oakland Raiders. Feels good, man, to see my Raiders relevant again. They're going to Arrowhead. It's going to be a cold, blistery night in in Kansas City, and they're going to take on the 9-3 and three Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm telling you, Chuck, this is going to be 
man, uh, uh, just a slugfest. It's gonna be some hard hitting, some 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 snotty blood dripping noses, man. It's it's gonna be a rough game. But the keys for the victory for the Raiders, man, they just gotta get back to pounding Latavius Murray. You see what happened last week? They gave him the ball twenty carries. He had eighty two yards, two touchdowns. He needs twenty plus carries in this game. Like I say, he's a big running back. It's gonna be cold. You know, Carr still has that little bit of that pinky injury, but you need to pound him. And that defense, man, you got to know how to stop the run. You got to get after Alex Smith. Um, I know last week McCoy ran all over us on the first half, but in that second half, you know, we, we, we shut his ass down. <laughs> you know, Ray's got tired of him running all over the place, running all over him. But this game, you got to stop where in the offense line, like I said, I'm not worried about our line because I know Justin Houston, the next KC defense, they doing their thing. But, you know, offensive line is only giving up – what, 12 sacks on a year, which is an NFL low. So we know how to keep Derek Carr upright. And once again, Carr insurance. <laughs> He's got one of the best insurance plans, man, with offensive line, so I'm excited about that. But it's going to be a good game, man. And I, and I know the Chiefs beat us was about four or five weeks ago. Beat us kind of handled 26 to 10. But Raiders on a uh, six-game winning streak. And I think the Raiders going to prevail in this game. It's going to be a close game. I'm going to take the Raiders 27-24. All right, you take the Raiders, and I take the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, you made some valid points. Like you said, the, the Raiders team, they're heating up, especially Khalil Mack. I mean, he's been playing out of his mind the past few games. Uh, but this is an Andy Reid game. It's a division game. So, yes, it's it, division games always going to be it, – it's going to be a notch above, you know, what a regular game would be because teams, they're so familiar with each other. They play twice a year, every year. Uh, and – both of these teams are fighting for something, <laughs> you know, uh, Kansas city is, is fighting to, to take the lead because they have the, uh, head to head, uh, tiebreaker against the Raiders. And then the Raiders are looking to take another game up and continue to, uh, to lead in the AFC and the AFC West. So they got a lot to play for. Like you said, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great game, but they're working on a short week. Uh, but I just, I'm going to get this to Andy Reid. This is an Andy Reid game. Jeremy Macklin is supposed to be back in this game, so it's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that Kansas City offense versus, uh, versus that Raiders defense, um, even though that Raiders offense has been, been balling too out of their mind. So it's just going to be a great game overall, but I'm rolling with the Chiefs. All right. Snoring game of the week, which means take your ass to sleep, get your good ass nap. If you, if this is the only game on your local television, you don't have the NFL package, and you only have to watch this game. Please don't watch this game and go to sleep. And that's the three and nine pitiful Jets traveling to San Francisco to take on the one eleven San Francisco 49ers. And right now, man, I'm gonna put like this. I know I didn't give up. I didn't know I didn't do the uh, gave up that ass award, but I'm gonna do it right now because both of these teams they deserve it. <laughs> Cause last week, man, oh my gosh, I never thought San Francisco would look so bad against the Bears. I actually thought they was gonna go in there and run the ball down the Bears' throat, but they gave up over a hundred yards to the rookie Howard for the Bears. Kaepernick got pulled. He was one of five for four yards. They pulled him after that. And, you know, Gabbard got in there. He didn't do anything better. He only threw for 35 yards. And then on the Jets side, I mean, I feel so bad for Ty Bowles. I really do. The Jets head coach because he, you can't coach heart. You can't coach effort. And those players let him down on Monday night football. They went out there and did not play at all. They didn't show up. I mean, Dwayne Allen, come on, man. Only 25 catches on the season heading in this game had three touchdowns. 
only had two touchdowns on the season, and this guy had a career game with three touchdowns in this game. I mean, he was just wide open. I mean, the Jets were just letting Hilton get wide open. You already know about the real reason. I ain't nothing talking about on that. He's been getting beat, toasted every week. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was just ugly, man. I just I, I don't understand, man. And then that defense with Richardson, Wilkerson, and Williams, I mean, they couldn't even, even get to luck. They didn't even sniff luck. I mean, it's just – I mean, I, I just really feel bad for Bowles. And then the press conference, he just said simply, we got our ass kicked. I mean, we just got our ass kicked. And like I said, you can't coach effort and heart. That's on those players, man. Those players need to give their game check back, which they're not going to do. But right now, who gave up that ass award, man? It goes to the Jets and the 49ers. You guys are co-recipients of this award. I mean, seriously, man, y- y'all just <laughs> – I mean, just 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 try to finish out the season on a strong note, man. Both of y'all teams didn't even show up, but I'm just more upset with the Jets. I mean, Katabos is a good coach, and he he deserves better. He really does. So, Woody Johnson, the Jets owner, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. You've got a deconstruction project on your hand. You need to deconstruct this team and just rip it apart and just start over. It's gonna take a couple years because you got a lot of big contracts over there on that defensive side of the ball, and those players aren't living up to those contracts. So you need to cut bait, man. You really do. Just start over, man. This is going to be a long process. Start over, deconstruct this team, just start over. Uh, I don't really think that's a viable plan because, uh, like you said, it's a lot of money out there on the table, how those contracts structured, um, you know, how much dead money you're going to have, cutting players and all this other stuff. So in a complicated situation right now. But I don't feel sorry for Todd Bowles because – Teams are a reflection, the attitude of an NFL team or any team in general, I would say the same for college, is that's a reflection of who the coach is. You know, that, that team takes on the attitude of that coach. Look at look at Nick Saban coach teams. Look at the Patriots. I mean, that's the model, that's the premier model right there, the Patriots way. Every day, like, it's not about that individual. When you go to New England, even when Chad Ochocinco, dumbass Johnson, went to the Patriots, he conformed. He got to the Patriots' way. And that's the reflection of the coach. And the way this team is playing is it has to be a reflection of the top Bulls. The Bulls, because last year, they did great. They played out of their minds. Then during the offseason, a couple dudes, they got their money. And they just checked out this year. And they're just a bad team. The rail, uh, we already talked about Revis Island is a victim of climate change because the oceans done rose. The, I, the polar ice caps done <laughs> melt. The polar ice caps melt. The ocean levels have risen. And uh, Revis Island is now 15 feet under the ocean floor, you know, under the ocean water, man. So down, down, down under the ocean with those World War II planes. <laughs> Right, right, and 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 uh, with the dude from the Little Mermaid, was it under the sea? Was that crab name? I don't remember. Yeah, they they, they all down there chilling <laughs> on Reeves Island right now. Uh, Reeves Island, cause he he got his money. He good. I know, Nick, you talked about in the past. You know, moved to do the safety like Rod Woodson did and Charles and Charles Woodson did. But I don't think it's gonna work for Reeves. Reeves is mentally checked out. He's done. He's finito. Right now, he's just still paychecks from. Uh, the new the New York Jets. So now that's one dude. They just go just go ahead and cut bait with him next year. But everybody else, you got to take a, a better look. Cause didn't Wilkerson get a big contract? Yep. Rick, Wilkerson, the only one who didn't get his yet was uh, Sheldon Richardson. 
Right, yeah. So I mean, these dudes got paid. They just checked out, man. And it's and like I said, I I put it on the coach. I put it on the head coach. That's all you can do. So I don't feel sorry for him when iota. But with all that I just said, I'm still picking the Jets because they play the sorry ass Forty Nine. All right, all right. So you going with the Jets? All right. Let's go to Detroit, man. And we got the three and nine Bears coming in here taking the Detroit Lions, who are eight and four, sitting nice. With a two-game lead in this division, and right now I'm telling you, man, the Detroit Lions, man, they're they rolling. They're looking good because they shocked me last week. They went in there to the Superdome, and I picked Drew Brees in my DraftKings because I thought he was going to light that Detroit secondary up because all I said, Drew Brees, just go after Nevin Lawson, just go right after him because you know Darius Slay is they all-pro corner, but Man, they just that Detroit front seven played, man. The secondary held up well. I mean, they held the Drew Brees and that Saints offense to 13 points. Drew Brees had three picks. And like I said, that secondary did a fabulous job, fabulous job. And this week, man, in this game, they're going against Matt Barkley. I mean, come on, man. Matt Barkley. <laughs> Matt Barkley. I mean, actually, Barkley looked solid last week, only 192 yards passing. I mean, that's not much to say, but, you know, brag about, but hey. You know, it was decent, but he's going against Matt Barkley, so I think these Detroit Lions going to shut him down. They're going to concentrate on Jordan Howard, the rookie running back, concentrate on shutting him down. I look for uh, the Lions receivers to have a big game in this game against that weak Bears secondary, so I'm taking the Lions in this game 28-10. to 10. I, It ain't no question. I'm going with the Detroit Lions because we talking about Matt Barkley. Just like Allen Iverson said, we talk about practice, we talking about Matt Barkley. So, I got to go, yeah, I got to go with Detroit just because of that. We're talking about right. Matt Barkley. The AFC South division is on the line in this game between two six and six teams. Wow. A division is on the line with two six and six teams. Wow. <laughs> that's, just, wow that's just a shocker. So you got Brock Eyes, who actually played pretty decent in the snow last week up in Green Bay. Um, didn't turn the ball over. That's been his problem. But Lamar Miller struggled last week, only 14 carries for 22 yards. They need to feed him this week if they want to beat these Colts and keep that Colts uh, offense off the field. And for the Colts, man, like I said, Monday night, I can't put too much stock in this game because they did against the Jets, who are pretty much checked out. But look, he looked good, four touchdown passes. Gore, 20 carries, 79 yards. And I always get every week. Man, when you have hard-nosed running backs, man, who just love to hit that hole and they love the ball in their hand, just feed them. Just feed them, you know? I get sick and tired of seeing what's the name only got 10 carries. He got 11 carries. It just doesn't make sense, man. Then your offense is just throwing the ball over the place and then your quarterback is, sub, uh, you know, is uh, subjected to uh, uh, injuries and, and, sh- and taking some beatings out there. So, no, man, you got to have a balanced game plan. But in this game, I don't trust Oswald Colts at home. And I got to give it to you, Chuck, man. I know you was talking about it, man, a few weeks ago. You was rolling on this Colts bandwagon, and you think they was going to win this division. But I think it's theirs because they swept the Titans this year. So they're 2-0 against the Titans, and and I think they'll beat the Texans this weekend. Yeah, because I was just about to ask you, didn't you pick the Jets to beat the Colts last week? Uh, I don't know. I think I might (laughs) have. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think you did. So then now, you know, you're gonna use that as a negative for not picking the Colts this week. Nah, man, I think these I think these Colts, like I said, as long as they got Andrew Luck back there, this dude is a baller. Um, he's a tough guy. You know, he did have some happy feet in the game last week. Uh, but the offensive line, they had some breakdowns, but then, you know, they had some other plays where 
they stood strong. You know, offensive line did they thing last week, and that's against a, a highly ta- a highly touted Jets front. You know, front seven. Even though them guys got their money and they ain't been playing like they should play, but they still some talented dudes up there. You know, and the Texans got some talented dudes. I mean, the most talented guy is not there. J.J. Watt is not playing. So that's a benefit, but, you know, still got Clowney up there. So it's still going to be another test for that offensive line, but I think it's going to be an easier test than it was against the Jets in terms of those guys up front. Uh, but this is a division game, and like I always say, anything can happen in a division game. Uh, and But I'm going to have to give it to the Colts, man, because – I'm on that bandwagon. I've been on that bandwagon for a while when ain't nobody else was on it, and I'm going to stay on it uh, because they're going to win this division, all thanks to Andrew Luck. That's why he's the highest-paid or second-highest-paid player in the league. All right. Five and seven San Diego Chargers travel to Carolina, take on the four and eight Panthers. You're talking about two teams who had high hopes before the season started. I mean, you look at both these ball clubs, we kind of thought, you know, they had a chance at the end to be competing for the playoff wild card spot or whatever. Many people thought the Panthers won the division. But the problem with both teams is they make critical mistakes at critical times, man, especially like last week's game. Phillip Rivers, two crucial interceptions, a pick six at the end of the game just killed them. And so, man, I, I, I got to say, man, Phillip Rivers is really showing his age. I mean, I love his competitive, competitiveness, his competitive spirit and stuff. I love how he competes out there and, and, you know, slings that ball all over the field in the game and trying to keep his team in into the game over with. But he's making too many mental mistakes, man. And the same thing, Eli, you see with Eli, you just like, Eli, why are you still looking like a rookie every now and then? Phillip Rivers doing the same thing. So this game, Returning Luke Lee, man, he returns this game for the Panthers. So, that being said, I got to think this Panthers defense is going to be fired up this week. Even though they're out of it, I'm going to take the Panthers in this game 24-21. I think the issue with Phillip Rivers is he's trying to do too much. He's trying to put yeah. this entire team, he's trying to put the offense, defense, and special teams on his shoulders. And you can't do that. You have to, like the Patriots say, you got to do the Patriots way. You got to just do your job. Like Bill Belichick say, just do your job. And I think he's trying to do more than just his job. He's trying to carry the weight and the, the, uh, the deficiencies of this team on his shoulder because in terms of like their offensive defensive ranks, like their offense is ranked 10th overall. Now, yes, I say it all the time that the offensive ranking is based on yardage, not point score, which is how you win and lose ball games. But offense is 10th, rated 10th overall. Defense is 19th overall. So that would lead you to believe they, they're better than a 5-7 and seven record. But like you say, they make a lot. They make some crucial mistakes that cost them the game. And like I say, I think it's just Phillip Rivers trying to do too much. Uh, he just needs to play his game, and everybody else around him needs to step their game up. You know, and uh, I think they would win a lot more football games. And this one... Just this is this is a tough one. Even though it's between two bad teams, uh, but I'm about to go with the Carolina Panthers in this one. I think Phillip Rivers is going to continue to do all he can, but he's going to try to compensate for the, the rest of his teammates who aren't, you know, doing their job. You know, so uh, but Carolina Panthers, I think on that defense, they know they need to do their job, and it's going to be too much for the Chargers. All right. Atlanta Falcons coming in, coming off of a heartbreaking loss last week in the last minute against the Arizona Cardinals. 
seven and five playoff hope still on the line, still got a good shot. But they're taking on a, a Jeff Fisher, mediocre, boring ass Rams who are four and eight. So therefore, if that being said, I'm taking the Falcons in this game because Rams, you already know what's gonna happen. They're not gonna feed Gurley. Goff is gonna try to do too much, gonna make some rookie mistakes. So therefore, I ain't much more to talk about Falcons win this game. Like you said, ain't much more to talk about Falcons win the game. <laughs> All right. Five seven New Orleans Saints who are away from the Superdome are traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, who are seventy five. And all I gotta say is this that front seven of the Bucks is playing lights out, man. Two linebackers, Kawan Alexander and Levante David, two of the best young linebackers in the game, are balling out. Gerald McCoy playing the Pro Bowl level. Telling you, man, they're going to make life miserable for Drew Brees. He threw three picks last week. Look, from probably throw a couple this week. And we already know, man, you don't know what kind of weather you're going to get in Tampa Bay. Might be a little monsoon or whatever, but I got to go with the Bucks in this game. Close game. I'm going to say Bucks win 28-24. You talked about that Bucks D-line balling out. I'm going to talk about Master P at quarterback. Jameis Winston is balling. He's having a hell of a year. I'm completing almost 62% of his passes, over 3,000 yards, 12 games in. I'm seeing him easily breaking 4,000 yards this year, 23 touchdowns, only 12 picks, great numbers. I see him, uh, you know, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and maybe 15 picks. Those are great numbers. And with those numbers, he'll lead his team to the playoffs. So I got to go with the Bucks in this one. All right, let's jump to Monday Night Football. You got the 7-5 Ravens coming in, taking on the 10-2 New England Patriots. No Gronkowski, back surgery. He's done for the year, but no problem, man, because you still got Martelli's bit. We already know, man, showtime, primetime game. Brady comes to play, going against Flacco. We already know that Ravens offense is so boring, even though they did get Dennis Pitta involved in the game. So if the Ravens are going to have a chance, you got to continue to feed the tight end. That's what they love to use. We already know Flacco loves to check the ball down. But Bill Belichick's going to have a game plan for how to shut down Flacco. And I'm telling you right now, I got to go with the Patriots in this game. I think Patriots win. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm taking the Patriots 30-27. to yeah, I'm going with the Patriots as well. Captain Checkdown. I mean, he had the last week, then he had the best game of his career pretty much. Uh, but that's because he was efficiently checking the ball down and completing almost 65% of his passes. That is Captain Checkdown. He's checking it down, but you know what? That's working for him. Uh, you know, just embrace the name. Fans don't be hating on it that I call him Captain Checkdown because it's the truth. Just embrace it. He's Captain Checkdown, but with that, I'm going with the Patriots. All right. Eight and four Denver Broncos traveling to take on the six and six Tennessee Titans. Interesting game right here. We already know the Titans love to run the ball. One of the weaknesses for the Broncos is stopping the run. I look forward to Titans to just pound, pound, pound Murray. Pound the hell out of Murray, then hit him with a little doses of Henry because we already know that Broncos secondary. They love to play the pass. But I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna go with the upset in this game, man. Titans coming off a bye. Um, I think they got a good game plan for this game. Uh, Trevor Simeon does return for the Broncos, but I'm going to go with the uh, upset. I'm going to go with the Titans in this game, 23-20. We on the same way, because I was going to go with the Titans as well. Mariota, he's being efficient. He's taking care of the ball. That's all he has to do in this game. You know, don't don't get strip sacked by Von Miller, and you're going to be all right. Don't turn the ball over. And the Titans, like you said, just pound the rock, and the Titans going to bring home the victory. 
All right, six and six Minnesota traveling to Jacksonville, take on the two and ten Jacksonville Jaguars. I can't believe two and ten. I hate saying that because I had so much hope for these Jags. But I'm gonna tell you like this, man. Jags gonna get off the losing snob this week. They will upset the Vikings in this game because listen, Vikings can't run the ball. They only run the ball like nine times during the game. Bradford, he doesn't have many weapons. You shut down Diggs. You you should win this game. So no Allen Hearns last week. He will return this week. So the Allen brothers should get on par this week. Hopefully Bortles will just limit his turnovers. Just one turnover. Just one time. That's good. Just one turnover. So I'm going to Jags this game, 22-17. Just off the strength of my love for Mike Zimmer, I'm going for the Vikings in this one. I mean, this is tough. They lost Harrison Smith. Uh, but I think this defense is going to go out there and play for him. And it's just going to be too much. So I'm going for the Vikings. All right, Arizona 5-6-1, traveling to Miami, take on these Dolphins. Dolphins got ass whooped last week. Carson Palmer looked like Carson Palmer of old, actually looked productive. <laughs> but, man, I just I, this is a tough game to call because that Cardinals offense line is not great. Dolphins offense line is not great. But both teams have great, solid front sevens. Um, man, I don't, I can't see Carson Palmer having back to back good games. He hasn't done it all year. So I'm gonna go with the Dolphins this game. I'm gonna say Dolphins win 31 28. You go with the Dolphins, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I think he, he will put put together two back to back games. So I'm going with the Cardinals in this one. All right, Seattle Seahawks travel to Green Bay. Seahawks coming in 8 3 1, taking on the Packers who are 6 and 6. Uh, we all know the sad news last week. Your boy uh, Earl Thomas broke his leg. He's locked for the year. But guess what, Seattle? You finally got your running game going again. Thomas Ross, 15 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns. And you know what the problem Green Bay can't do? They can't run the football. You got the wide receiver, Ty Montgomery, comes in, has about six, seven carries. That's all he does. And I'm sorry, man. Packers is just one-dimensional, and that's what the Seahawks, they're good at. They, they they force you to be one-dimensional. They should play right in their hands. I know Earl Thomas is going to hurt. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to try to take some shots back there. But I just think uh, Seahawks, man, I think they're going to pull this game out in a close game. All I know is I don't hear no more of that whining. Oh, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? I told everybody ain't nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers weeks ago. And as you can see, the man is still continue to ball out, putting up incredible numbers. It's the rest of that team needs to step up their game. But you know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers in this game. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers, 75, taking on the 6-6 six and six Buffalo Bills. Here's the problem with Buffalo, man. They can't throw the football. Steelers going to load that box. They're going to try to shut down LaShawn McCoy, make the Bills one-dimensional. You keep uh, Tyrod Taylor in that pocket, you have a great shot to win this game. Bills, they couldn't even sniff Derek Carr last week, no sacks. I got to go with the Steelers in this game, man. I think Big Ben and and uh, Le- Le'Veon Bell had to work them like numbers last week, 29 carries, 118 yards. I look for them to have similar stats this week. Got to go with the Steelers. Well, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think the game against the Raiders, that was a reality check for them. Uh, I think every now and then Rex Ryan needs to get punched in that gut, uh, you know, to, to, for him to balance. Whatever, he just needs to be punched in the gut sometimes uh, <laughs> to, to be brought back to reality. And the Oakland Raiders punched him in the gut last week. The Steelers, they're going to go out there and try to punch you in the mouth. But I think the Bills, they're going to be on their toes for this one. Uh, and it's all on Tyrod Taylor's shoulders. I think Rex Ryan will come up with a with a solid defensive plan, even though, you know, it's hard to, to plan against Ben Roethlisberger. But I'm going to have to get a, give it to the Bills in this one. All right. 
Playoff game online for the Redskins. This is pretty much their playoff. They got to win this game to stay in the hunt, in the playoff hunt. They're 6 5 and 1, taking on the 5 and 7 Philadelphia Eagles. Who your Bengals whooped that ass last week? And you look at the Eagles, man. Offensively, Carson Wentz, Smallwood is the running back, and Paul Turner was your leader last week. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's not good right now. So I'm taking the Redskins in this game. I think Redskins win a close game 28 21. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Redskins as well. Uh, everybody's so hyped on rookie quarterbacks because they're playing so well this year, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Uh, but you know what? It's catching up to Carson Wentz because he doesn't have that running game like Dak Prescott Prescott has. So so he's struggling, and he's going to struggle in this game, so I'm giving it to the Redskins. All right, last game of the week, last game on the schedule for us, Browns, Bengals. Will the Browns get their first victory? Hell no. So I'm taking the Bengals. (laughs) Nah, Doo Doo Brown ain't getting their victory, man. You know, I I, I was hurting rumblings the game a couple of weeks ago because uh, the Browns had a bye last week. Browns looking forward to the Bengals talking about, oh, the Bengals beat up. No AJ Green. No this, no that. They struggling right now. Keep dreaming on. Y'all team is horrendous. Uh, we still got talent on our team. Andy Dalton is still back. Even if AJ McCarron was starting it, Browns ain't got no shot. Browns. 0-16, I hate to say it, after this week, y'all about to be, what, 0-12, 0-13? So, yeah. uh, so, it continues. <laughs> All right, on that note, 0-16 Browns, Nick Chuck, 16-0 all forever. See you guys next week, fam.